What's going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I'm stoked to be collaborating with Rotoballer again in 2021 with the Bases Loaded Podcast continuing as part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Bases Loaded Podcast listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code BASESLOADED. That's bases loaded, all one word. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotoballer draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 2021 player outlooks, and all of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code bases loaded. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my Central. God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode 151 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight. It is me and Zach of all people. I know this doesn't happen often, but Zach, uh, you can follow on Twitter at BrafZ. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm trying not to have a uh, a meltdown live on the air here because it's in the bottom of the ninth and the Mets are winning for a change, but that could change very quickly, as we know. I'm doing well, man. How's uh, How's everything with you? Um, I mean, the Marlins can't win a game, but Sandy Alcantara looks fantastic. That he does. That he does. Just, quick little thing I've noticed is he uh, Alcantara has increased his four seamer usage, and with it, he's actually inducing more. He's getting more strike strikes and strikeouts with it. It's it's a really good whiff pitch. So that having that in Alcantara's arsenal really could be the difference in him being that strikeout pitcher that he's always shown. It's almost like a Barrio situation where the potential was there, but he's just always missed this or missed that, and he could have finally this this whole switch. The pitch mix change, the utilization of the four-seamer really could be what's going to take Alcantara to the next step. So he's a guy I have my eyes on. But yeah, anyway, your Mets blew the DeGrom win yesterday, which is fantastic. I just thought I'd bring that up again. Yeah, appreciate you always bringing that up. Anytime Um, I can. But yeah, man, Sandy looks great. Uh, Got a few shares of him. And yeah, I mean, the past few years, it's, it's been nice having him probably the past two seasons. He's been going deep into games. He's really developed as a pitcher and he's finally starting to develop that strikeout stuff. And if that's the case, I mean, you're looking at a possible elite fantasy stud. I mean, he just, he looks great right now. He could be and uh, especially could quality be. start leagues. I mean, he's going deep into games. Like they're going to, they're going to ride this guy as, as much as they can. I do think so. And he's, he's efficient. Like he's not somebody you have to worry about running the pitch count up. He's Alcantara is usually a guy who can get deep into games. He throws gas too. Yeah, he does. Which a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize because of he hasn't struck out a ton of batters, but he throws high nineties, and now that he's striking guys out, like he's just he's going to be a a big ticket item in fantasy moving forward. We're going to talk more about this stuff tomorrow night, but tonight we're going to focus on a lot of news and notes and waiver wire stuff. We're going to essentially go through these injuries because there's so many of them. Talk injuries, talk players returning, players that are going out. And then players you could target off the waiver wire to replace them. That's the point of the waiver wire, right? Not just hot names, but sometimes you need injury replacements. And we're going to talk a little bit of both. But before we get into that, something you wanted me to bring up tonight, because again, you couldn't just let me wait to talk to Georgia with the, about the stuff, is uh, Alex Reyes got the second save. What is your outlook on Alex Reyes this year? I mean, I, I like talking closers too. It's unfortunate that George can't be here with us tonight. Well, we but... came up with an outline for tomorrow and tonight's. Oh, I'm sorry. Screw your outline. Apparently, that's because this... touch on Ray is here. I mean, got his, his second save. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see it in person. So I then, why do you want to talk about it? I just saw on Twitter that he got his second save, and I mean, this guy has had elite stuff. He just the health has really been the main concern, but. I'm just I'm I'm not buying Reyes as the long-term guy here. I think we were talking about it before. I think Hicks is still the guy. I think they're just kind of easing him back into action. And I think once he's kind of back in the swing of things, I think that job goes to him. And I could see Reyes being more of a uh not a long guy, but could be like a high leverage hater type guy, maybe going like two innings at a time. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a big weapon out of the pen for the Cardinals. But right now, Reyes is getting some saves. And if you have them, um, you're reaping the benefits. But Cardinals situation, they also have Gallegos too. So who knows? They got three really good high leverage arms. And I just don't think Reyes keeps that say that that closer role long term i think it eventually goes back to hicks but ride them all you can right now and that's what i was th- gonna say is i agree with that i think hicks will be the closer in about a month they want to ease him back in they don't want to pitch him back to back days i believe and there has been mention of reyes getting what 100 innings pitched this year out of the bullpen essentially and being able to be a spot starter as needed so if they want to keep him stretched out closing won't be to, won't be how it's done I hate well, that idea of, of them we'll spot see. starting him after like what they're doing now. Like I just hate moving guys back and forth between the rotation and the pen, especially a guy that has battled injuries his entire career. Horrible idea. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the Cardinals know how to work their devil magic, so to speak. I think that's what they call it. The Cardinals devil magic. magic that's a thing, right? But speaking of closers, because you want to talk closer so bad, this happens to be an injury-related uh, issue. Trevor Rosenthal visited Dr. Gregory Pearl, who specializes in treating thoracic outlet syndrome. Oof. The typical outlook of this type of uh, situation is three to four months in terms of a timetable. We had, like, dude, the guy just pitched, like, late in spring training, came back from a shoulder. We had no idea this was going on. And next thing you know, well, it wasn't a shoulder he came back from. What he, he came back from a groin. Then he yeah. randomly goes out with a shoulder, Rosenthal, that is. And then we're talking about he's seeing some guy some some doctor about thoracic outlet what's going on this is really escalating quickly he's seen gregory pearl gregory <laughs> pearl dr gregory pearl who specializes it's, in treating thoracic outlet syndrome yeah, just want to point that out if i didn't say that twice this is scary stuff thoracic outlet syndrome is something you don't mess around with we've seen we've that seen harvey. careers ruined by this we've seen uh harvey's career really take a downward spiral even though he pitched one good game and everybody's back on board um we saw chris archer get thoracic outlet syndrome and i mean not expecting much out of chris archer moving forward a few other guys that really just couldn't come back from it um so i i don't like the sound of this and it's really been quiet on the rosenthal front the past few days nobody's really kind of mentioned this so it's it's clear that there's some some serious issues here and i mean rosenthal has uh He's had injury problems in the past. The shoulder, he's had Tommy John once, if not maybe twice. I'm, I'm not sure. But he's uh, this is this is very concerning. And uh, in redraft, I, I think he's. I might wait for a more definite prognosis as to what they're going to do, but I, I think he's droppable in redrafts. And then, obviously, the guys that would take over, I guess, is, De- is Deekman. Although, I don't know if Deekman is your traditional closer. He's a lefty. He's got nasty stuff. He's nasty against lefties, but they might try to be situational with him and um, bring him in against the lefties late in the game, whether that's the ninth or seventh or eighth inning. Um, one guy that I like out of that bullpen is J.B. Wendelkin. He um, he was a closer in college. I actually got a chance to speak with him on the Exit Velo podcast. Uh, it was the last season. And this guy was a college closer. He's got that closer mentality. And he was like talking like he just he wants that job because I guess last year Hendricks was still on the team. But I, I flat out asked him, I was like, if Hendricks leaves next year, like, are you prepared to take that role? And he's like, yes, sir, I can handle it. And I really think that he would excel in that role. He looks really good right now. I don't think he's let up a run in four appearances so far. Um, I could see him getting a chance because I don't think I think Deekman is the hot name right now, but I don't see Deekman being your traditional closer but i'm curious to know what you think about this rosenthal situation and possible replacements i think it's deekman as well rosenthal yeah he becomes droppable if it is in fact thoracic outlet syndrome i would not drop rosenthal until we get confirmation on that but it's deekman for me i think i've heard mention not only by beat writers but i believe there's was a quote out there about deekman being the guy and normally a lefty isn't the guy but they have two other lefties in that bullpen. So that allows them the flexibility to utilize Deekman as a closer. So Deekman would be my choice here in terms of who I think is going to close. Who, who are the other lefties in that pen? Um, hold on, I can look it up real quick. Okay. I thought because, you had it off the top of your head. No, I just know they have two other lefties. I happened, <laughs> to, I happened to talk about this the other day, so I knew there was two other lefties in that bullpen. 
Well, I couldn't have told you who until right now. AJ Puck, who's been rumored to be brought back into the starting rotation, though. That would be interesting. So if Puck gets a chance to start, that's one less lefty. And Adam and Adam Kolarek. Kolarek? Kolarek. So although they're not like, oh my god, lefties, the point is is the bullpen has two other lefties, which allows them that that flexibility. But there's like you mentioned, Wendelkin, Trevino, he has closer experience. Sergio Romo's done it. So I think Deakman would get would get the lion's share. I don't think he'd be the only arm yeah. to steal some saves there. But uh, breaking news: James Paxton was removed from the game tonight. God. Yeah, he he looks like Paxton had his velo back up too. That's the part that was encouraging. And I, I I'm, I'm watching it over and over again. Alex Fast posted the video, and I can't tell what's bothering him. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's like a back or no, he walked off just fine. But he was like leaning over almost like I thought the way he was leaning over was almost back oblique, but I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Death, taxes, and a James Paxton start where he leaves early due to injury. Yeah, but the first one of the season, my gosh. I mean, you should know better. I guess we should all know better. We should all know better. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of injured pitchers, Denelson Lamette threw a bullpen session today. Any do you have any shares in in general, what are your expectations? You have no shares. Okay. I have no shares. I did not want to be a part of that that train wreck. Um, he may say that he's healthy, but the way the Padres have described the situation, I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not buying in. I think eventually he's gonna go down. I think this is more serious than they're leading on. I think it's gonna lead to surgery at some point down the road. So he was just a complete avoid for me. And he he was falling in every draft, basically, but just it's not somebody that I was comfortable taking unless he fell like a lot. And he did fall a lot, but I just I still didn't think that it was worth the gamble because uh yeah, there's just too much baggage with that right arm of his. What about you? Do you have shares of him? Nope. He was in a void for me for a while. And I just never wanted to take it. Take it. I was like, no. And most of the leagues I play in are deeper formats. So Lamette was a guy that, because of the fact that I knew he was already hurt and trying to come back from that, like I get what how good he could be. Yeah. I just don't see. I don't see Lamette coming back and throwing fifty percent of his slider again. Like hey, I don't know. And the way they're talking, manager Tingler over there, he's like, yeah, he felt great coming out of it, but yet there's still no timetable on him returning to game action. It's like it's just not. It's not what you want to hear. Not at all. But yeah, I'm not. But you know what we do want to hear is that the Mets just won. Closed it out, baby. One win. Boo this man! No! Oh, feels good. Goodness, I, I, I almost root for the Mets go winless from here on out now. Uh, <laughs> you ruined the podcast with your Mets fandom. Max Scherzer struck out nine over six innings pitched, but served up four solo shots. Wasn't this what we saw last year from Scherzer? Like a lot of games yeah. where he looked great, but he was like prone to the long ball. He gives up is lots it, of long balls. You think this is going to be an ongoing issue? I mean, I think he's going to give up his fair share of long balls, but um, four of them in one start? I don't think so. I think he's I think he's a bit rusty. He hasn't thrown in, thrown in a while. I mean, this was the same kind of situation as DeGrom last night. He didn't throw for, for 10 days. They're both out of their routine. Even if they tried to stay on schedule with their throwing program, but just I don't know, things got thrown out of whack with with what happened with the COVID outbreak over there. So I blame it a lot on that. Uh, I think it might take them a couple of turns to to get comfortable again and work that pitch count up. But he, uh, yeah, I, I st- as long as Scherzer's healthy, I think he'll be fine. He might give up some some long balls. I mean, um, that's just his game. So uh, I'm I'm not overly concerned about Scherzer. Just stay away from the guys that have COVID <laughs> over there, and uh, hopefully the back doesn't flare up. No injuries. We've seen that kind of happen the past few years. But I like Scherzer this year. Uh, he still he, what did, what did you say? He struck out nine batters. I mean, he still has that elite strikeout stuff. Um, didn't walk anybody today, which is a positive as well. So uh, just he, he'll give up the long ball. He's prone to it, but I think he'll be fine. And then we have a couple injuries here, a couple shortstops. Oh. It's funny because shortstops were like, people were like, oh, you got to get your shortstop early. It falls off. Well, the position not only fell off early in drafts, but it now is taking a hit. Uh, we have Tatis Jr. He was placed on the IL with a left shoulder subluxation. And the hope is to get him back in as early as 10 days. I don't buy that. Horrible idea. 
Oh, you don't think that he can re-aggravate it again? Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in spring training when he left that game with the shoulder injury, it was this. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they probably rushed him back, and that's what caused this again. But I was telling you guys yesterday, this reminded me exactly of what happened with Michael Conforto. I think it was 2017, where he just swung the bat and his shoulder dislocated, and he was out for like he was out the rest of the year. That happened in August, I think. But he didn't pick up a bat again for like five to six months. So he had he had surgery. He didn't just rehab it. He didn't rush it back. Um, so yeah, I mean that, this is very similar to that. And I think I think it's a mistake. To, I know they just paid the guy and they want him on the field, but it's a mistake to rush rush your your stud player back. It's a huge mistake. I'm hoping they don't do it. Even if they don't go the surgery route and they just go for the rehab, I'm hoping that they'll give him some time off here. Um, I think it would be a very bad idea to rush him back in 10 days. I agree. I mean, Tatis Jr. is the face of the franchise. They just signed him a huge deal. I know he's a gamer. I know the Padres want to win and compete. But, man, is it really worth risking Tatis's health long term for that? I, all we're, I think there's a good chance we end up seeing Tatis get hurt again, re-injuring it, and ultimately missing out the rest of the season. I think, honestly, it'd be in his best interest to get the surgery because even if – is he going to play a little – like, is he not going to be as aggressive? Is he not is, is Tatis not going to be the player yeah, he has be, been? Got to be nervous about him stealing and sliding into second. I'd first. be nervous about him playing with the same aggressiveness that he normally plays with. Tatis might very well just not be the same player because he's going to try to play it safe with the shoulder. And as long as that shoulder is an issue – I think that could affect his performance and it can, I'm sure it could set power because if he's not trying to swing as hard because he wants to avoid re-injury, we could see possibly the power decline. Maybe there's just so many question marks. Now here's the thing. If you're a Tatis, if you have Tatis on your roster, do you trade him right now? Who did I see? Somebody posted that today. Somebody tried to trade him like right after the news came out. I think it was your buddy, Zach, actually, because it was talk. There was talks of like five to six months time frame. So Josh Rojas is who he actually tried to get. It was that, right? Yeah. And then the, the news came out. The league vetoed it, actually. Did they? Uh, yeah, because... I'm assuming? Yeah, which nobody should ever veto leagues because of veto trades, even though, honestly, obviously, obviously he's like, whatever, I'm not going to offer it now. Like, now he's going to keep it. But he was willing to live with his decision because he thought he was out five or six months. He's like, well, if he's out that long... I'm going to ask for a bottom of the barrel, like an end of a roster guy and see if somebody else wants to take on the stash. I, I know you're talking closures tomorrow. Can we just talk about that one situation? Because it's just it's just blowing my mind, the Blue Jays closure situation. What, I think it's what are just, your thoughts on, on what's going to happen with this timeshare? Basically? Yeah, I think it's I think Romano's still the guy. I think Romano's getting the high leverage situations that but because of that because he because Romano is getting high leverage doesn't always mean he's getting the closing situation right yeah. he faced the top of that Yankees lineup one through three that's kind of as tough as it gets Agreed. that's who Romano was brought in the face it wasn't like Romano was brought into the seventh or the yep. sixth like we saw Hicks brought in the other day and so the I think the year they brought Romano in in a tie game in the ninth I believe yes. um so yeah your best pitcher in there even though it wasn't a safe situation he ended up getting the win but i know everybody's got merriweather fever right now and i actually i was in on him last year i had him in a few dynasty leagues last year because um <laughs> i hate hate tooting my horn here but on the exit velo podcast again we spoke to a, a blue jays broadcaster ben wagner and he was extremely high on Merriweather. He was coming off of Tommy John surgery. And he said the Blue Jays were extremely high. He's a name to watch out for in the bullpen. So I scooped him up in a few leagues and uh, stashed him. And it's really paying off now. But I completely agree with you. I think this is going to be a timeshare. And I think Romano is going to get his fair share of saves. So I would definitely hold Romano. I know a lot of people are like, oh, should I drop Romano for Merriweather? I just I don't think it's a wise move right now i think both yeah to get their both of their fair shots here and um yeah it's good it's gonna dictate on game flow it really is so i think that's gonna be the case with a lot of bullpens though and that's why it's frustrating because we just you just don't know what to do with half of them i mean it's tough all these bullpens it's it's just frustrating like i don't know what to do with half of them i mean a lot of them i'm just holding on to one, like if I have a player, I'm holding on to them until I see that they're really not the closer. 
like especially if they came in as the closer to start the year. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm handling a lot of this early. That's the thing. It's early season. People forget, and I'm guilty of it. This is not a sprint anymore. It's a marathon. Yeah. And we have to play. We have to prep for the marathon. You know what I mean? Like over here, spending a lot of money on fab is dangerous early because then, you know, you still have another, what, five and a half months essentially left of baseball, more than that, actually. And then you have, I don't know. And then you have to, like, if you're too quick, if you pull a plug on a closer too quickly, say like a, um, What's his face for the Dodgers, or not for the Dodgers, for the uh, Padres? Uh, Melanson. Right. Remember, Pagan was said to be the guy. Preseason, yeah. Pagan was getting all the hype. Pagan was the guy. But I, I was targeting Melanson first, and then I bought into the Pagan hype, and I stopped targeting him. Um, and now I regret it because Melanson has the two saves. <laughs> not Pagan. We're in a different day and age here where the teams are not going off of one traditional closer. Like, there's multiple guys. And this could be a common theme this year where multiple guys pick up saves and they're really just going based off of matchups. It's one week into the season, but you, just, you can't overreact yet. Uh, I know that's what we do as fantasy analysts. That's what we talk about. We overreact on some of these things, but just you got you to gotta remain strong. I mean, if you drafted some of these guys early on, it's, it was for a reason. And you just kind of got to hang in there because it might take a couple of weeks for these guys to to put up the numbers that you were expecting. Uh, we're seeing, we talked about Andrew Vaughn a lot uh, last week. I mean, he's doing nothing right now, but you're not going to drop him. You're going to hang on to him because he's going to pick it up at some point. Just got to, just got to wait for that, for that moment. Getting back on track here. Cause we, we went really <laughs> where's, far where's off. That tangent time button. I don't know how I still haven't made it. I'm tangent lazy. Time. There it is again. I got to take that and cut it and make it. You said last time and you didn't. I know uh, I didn't do it last time. I'm probably gonna do it again this time. Um, so Tatis, who do you think? Um, I mean, obviously Hassan Kim is gonna probably take over at shortstop. Yeah. Cronworth is probably gonna be second base. Uh, Profar is gonna get some run over there as well. Um, I think Kim is probably the ad guy can run a little bit as well. But um, I think Kim was what like 27 percent owned in Yahoo. Um, I mean, is there anybody else that you like on that team to uh, to maybe pick up the slack? If I'm desperate, I'll take Kim, but I don't want him. Like, I have no interest in him. Uh, Kim struggled. 27% rostered in Yahoo. Yeah, he's 27% rostered still, and i just not interested. I, he struggled in spring. Still, there's still very much a learning curve right now. Yeah, And he's a little shaken up as I'm watching the game uh, from a head-first slide from Dickerson. He's okay <laughs> remaining in the game. But it looks like a wrist, which could linger. And let's, like if he got pulled out of the game next inning or something, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, slide. Yeah, it looks like he got his wrist hyperextended a little bit. Jesus. But we'll see. We'll One see. thing that we need to we need to talk about for a second here with this situation. We were talking about in our group chat before. Do you do you see CJ Abrams getting any possible call up this year? I don't know, man. Abrams is just. I want to believe it was like, in him, but he's like I think he's just twenty years old and. They want, I know the Padres want to win, but I don't think they want to start the clock on him yet. I know they've been quick to do it in the past on players, but especially with this new outlook that uh, Tatis is probably going to only what miss upwards of two weeks or so. From what they're saying, obviously that's assuming no setbacks or anything. I don't think they bring up any rooms anytime. Now, if Tatis, if that injury ends up lingering longer, and he ends up opting for surgery and all that, then maybe we see Abrams because they want to win. And the Padres will obviously start the clock. They don't care. But, yeah, it's going to take – I think it's going to take a longer-term outlook on that injury for it to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if Tatis, if, if it's long-term, and I think if a, if one of maybe Kim, Profar, or Cronworth goes down, I mean, it's super early – Plenty of time for something to go wrong with one of those guys. If one of those guys goes down, I honestly think it's a very realistic shot that they call up Abrams. Um, I think those two of those things would need to happen between Tatis and then one of the other guys getting hurt. Um, they also have um, Jorge Mateo. He's been playing a lot of outfield, but he doesn't know. Mateo, no. But Sorry. I don't know. We've seen AJ Preller just kind of just do what he wants to do. And he doesn't really care about the service time issues as much as some other GMs. So I could see it happening, but that's only if Tatis is out long-term, like you said, but definitely a situation to monitor. I I really think this is going to be more than a two week absence. In terms of shortstops off the waiver wire, 
we see a lot of Chris Owings lately. Uh, not a guy I would like, obviously, but deeper formats, somebody to consider possibly. Um, I'm trying like trying to find uh, players actually available in a good amount of leagues. A guy that you brought up last week, Jazz Chisel. Yeah, Jazz. I, I think I heard in ESPN leagues he's not available as a shortstop. Yeah, that's actually, but, that's correct. He's only second base eligible. But in Yahoo, he is shortstop eligible. He would be my favorite because he has that toolsy type of skill set, but obviously not with the ceiling that Tatis has. But at least it'll help you with the, the, the stolen bases more more than anything else. And it's super hard to find that type of skill set off the waiver wire. And yet you have Jazz Chisholm, just 23% rostered. Uh, Garrett Hampson for shallower formats, he's 46% rostered. So he's still relatively available in 10-teamers. Um, going a little deeper, Miguel Rojas is a guy I like, actually. He's sneaky. Like, he has two stolen bases on the year already while hitting like close to like two – I think he's like, hitting, hitting like 270 right now. Miguel Rojas for the Marlins, yes. The same one and only. The dude has two stolen bases this year, and he'll hit for good. And he'll hit for a good batting average. Is what he does. The Marlins are letting him run. Miguel Ross is a guy that you need to look at in deeper formats and somebody to consider rostering if you need stolen bases. I said it. I don't regret it. And that's not a homer pick because oh, it is. No, it's really not. Look at the skill set. You're just jealous because there's no Mets players available <laughs> off the waiver wire. I'm jealous that I have te- players that are on the waiver wire in these leagues. You or may you could pick them up. It's not going to no. play. No. Two guys that I think that are intriguing. I I don't love them, but one guy is Luis Urias with the Brewers. They just traded Orlando Arcia. Was that today, I think? Mm -hmm. So I think it's clear that he's going to be getting everyday reps over there at shortstop now. Um, He's batting only 100 (laughs) on the season. He's (laughs) 1 for 10 right now. So it's not ideal. But, I mean, we've seen Urias struggle at the big league level before. And... um, they would send him down to the minors and he would kind of tear it up. So it's possible that he's, if he's getting consistent playing time, that maybe he uh, he gets hot and could do some damage. Eligible at second, third base, and shortstop, I think. And I think he's only 2% owned. Another guy, intriguing name right now. Um, he's eligible for shortstop in Yahoo is Donovan Solano. He's second base, third base, and shortstop eligible because Yahoo is trash <laughs> with their eligibility. Um He's 57% rostered, but I have seen him out there in a few leagues, so check it out. But he's batting 500 right now. He's been raking the first couple couple of games here. Uh, we saw him last year get a lot of run at second base for, for the Giants. And, um, yeah, I think that's going to continue. And um, he's batting – he's been top of the order pretty much. He's, he's batting third, third and second. Those are the spots that he's been in the order. So he's a premier spot in the lineup. Um I mean, it's hard to replace the production of Fernando Tatis, but if you can replace him with with one guy or maybe two guys, um, Solano is a name to look at. I like some of the guys that you mentioned as well in in Owings and um, and Hampson. If Hampson ever gets full time run out there, which probably will never happen, <laughs> that's why I went to a guy like Miguel Rojas, who's going to play every day. Kevin Newman's another name I meant to bring up. He's hit second in two of the last three games. So it looks like he's going to be hitting second more times than not while Brian Hayes is out. So in the short term, which is what you're looking to fill for a Tatis, you know, injury or Tim Anderson injury, Kevin Newman becomes interesting. Still prefer Rojas. I think Ross is going to steal more, but another discussion for another day. Next piece of news. J.D. Davis took a pitch off his hand and was removed from the game, but x-rays were negative. Nothing really there in terms of fantasy. Maybe this is Guillaume's way of getting in the lineup. That would be about it. You said Guillaume won't play. He might play a couple days now. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger is undergoing further testing on his lower left leg after being spiked in the lower, you know, that area, lower left leg area on a play at first base on Monday night. I don't know. Like, I thought it was nothing. I thought it was just kind of a spiked, you know, whatever. Did he maybe turn something? Did he maybe tweak the ankle more than we we're anticipating? Anytime you need further testing, that's not good. What are your thoughts on Cody Bellinger? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a concern with the injuries uh, in the offseason, I guess the shoulder and and this now, but it doesn't seem overly concerning, this this particular injury. Um, I think he's also, I think the biggest concern is just the slow start. He really hasn't done much through, what is it, like four or five games already. Really haven't seen much. He hasn't hit a home run yet, although one of them was called back uh, with that weird play with Justin Turner. Um, yeah, I'm not overly concerned about this injury. Sounds like he could be back in a few days. Uh, just a, a contusion. 
So I'm not overly concerned. I'm just I'm more concerned about his performance right now than the health. Uh, a couple names off the waiver wire to look at in terms of first baseman. You have Nate Lowe, which somehow he's only 42% rostered. Yeah, Another, another yeah, he had a two home run night tonight, three home runs on the year. Four, I think, what, 14 or 15 RBI at this point now? 14 RBI. And I was completely off of him, and I was completely wrong, already wrong. Like, even he, I mean, he has to really be bad now at this point for me to be right. So, yeah, I was really wrong on Nate Lowe. That's my first L on the year, probably, I would say. But regardless, I don't care. Pick him up. It's okay. If it's okay to be wrong as long as you're willing to make the correction. And the correction would be add him to your roster. But he's obviously relatively owned. So or roster, excuse. Uh, another guy that comes to mind though is uh, can't believe I'm going to say this one. Uh, <laughs> it's Yuli Gurriel. I he's batting 500, has a home run on the year. I mean, he went over Fortnite, so that 500 is going to drop a bit. But he's for your deeper leagues. Beyond that, that's yeah. First base is just not like uh, another name. Uh, Colin Moran. I'm not overly yeah, excited about it, but I, I didn't mean, want to pick him. <laughs> I, I looked at him. I was like, oh no, I'm good. With Cabrian Hayes out, I mean, he should be getting plenty of playing time the next couple of weeks here. But yeah, it's just not something to get super excited about. Uh, the I think one he that platoons is the problem. Yep. The one that's super exciting is Nate Lau. Yeah. Nate Lau. Yeah, Brandon Lau has ruined Nate Lowe's name for us. <laughs> um, Ryan McMahon, I mean, Ryan McMahon just hit a home run tonight. Sorry, Ryan McMahon hit two home runs tonight. He was a streamer. I picked him as a streamer. So right before he just crossed the 30% threshold, so he's 31% rostered. So he's still pretty available in leagues. So two home runs for uh, for Ryan McMahon tonight. That's three on the year. He's in cores a couple more games this week, a guy that's perfect to add to your roster. Again, just looking to fill in the blanks while Bellinger is out because it should be short-term. Um, I'm trying to see. Miggy, Miggy, not sexy, not flashy, probably shouldn't be on your roster, but he's just a guy that you know is going to play. Joey Votto, you know he's going to play. Like If you're looking for guys that are just going to play, you can find them if you go digging. But I think I think I speak for both of us when I say we prefer pretty much every name we mentioned before those guys. That's going to do it for first base. What about outfield? What if you had Cody Bellinger as an outfielder? What are your thoughts on a kill? But I can't. Badu. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a kill. Badu. A kill. Badu. The uh, rookie. Oh, the rule five. I guess he is a rookie. Rule five selection for the Tigers has come up and done really well. He has a couple home runs the last few games. He came in today. We had a walk off single. A kill. Badu. He's crazy. coming up and he's a killing the ball. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's a nice start. I mean, so what? Victor Reyes is kind of taking a back seat over there. Um, it's like they're they're kind of mixing and matching that outfield a bit. Like Jacoby Jones doesn't play every day now. The only person that plays every day is Robbie Grossman, really. So yeah, I don't know, but I I like taking shots on guys like this because he's a, he's a relative unknown, and even if he's only going to be good for a month, just run with it, man. You just never know. Ride it while you can, and then you could just drop him for the next next best thing. And that's the thing. Right now, you have to just be aggressive like that because you don't know what's going to stick, what's not at a week into the season. So what you have to do is pick up these hot players and run with them. And if they stick for a little bit, perfect. And if they don't, you drop them. You just got to give them a chance, though. And a kill Badu is like a perfect example of giving a guy a chance who has no track record, no, um, no real prospect pedigree. But the dude is just hitting. And another guy, a guy I really like, Michael Taylor, 36% roster now. Four, uh, four runs, two home runs, six RBIs. He's just been doing it. And there's power and speed there. He's not flashy. He will go through ups and downs because the batting average are swing and miss in that game for Michael Taylor. But he's guaranteed playing time. He's playing every day with the injuries in the lineup. He's moving up and down the lineup as well. He's moving up and down. He's moving up the lineup as well. So there's a lot like there. Cedric Mullins. Got stolen base uh, tonight. The speed's there. He leads off every day. Austin Hayes is out of the picture. Hayes wasn't much of an issue in terms of playing time, but Hayes was likely going to lead off against lefties. Now that Hayes is there out, it looks like uh, Cedric Mullins should lead off every day. So we're looking for some runs, for some batting average help. Because he's, I mean, although he's not great in batting average, he's good enough. Like right now, like he hit 271 last year. He's hitting 588 this year, which isn't going to sustain. But he stole base tonight against Garrett Cole. So you know he's going to steal some bases. And again, he's what what I say, 17% rostered. So there you go. Yeah, I think I have one more. Go ahead. What about your uh, your big streaming pick that you forgot to pick tonight? 
Oh, Tyler Neek went. No, I, uh, Winker's back. He, he is actually on the news. We can skip that real quick. Winker, we, Jesse Winker's back with the team. He was dealing with a stomach bug. So now with him back, T- Tyler Naquin, who was a fun, which w- would have been a fun streamer pick, did not quite make the list. It was frustrating because if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted like, hey, deeper league guys are going to be relevant tonight. Philip Evans, uh, uh, Wing, uh, Tyler Naquin, and I forgot who the third one was. Oh, Chris Owings, who didn't play. So he gets, he's like, he, he's considered a scratch. These are, I, I picked these names before Ross, before Limes get released. So whatever, those two guys, Philip Evans hit a home run. Naquin hit two with seven RBI. So I did really go with the deep league picks, but didn't post them so they don't count. Mm-hmm. But I will take credit for him. For, how about, oh, just, Justin Upton's a great name, by the way. 13% rostered. Yeah, he went over four tonight, but he runs hot and cold. And I think he's running kind of hot right now out of spring. Uh, Manuel Margot, there's, dude, outfield is deep. Margot went one for five tonight, but yep. he has two RBIs and he has five RBIs on the year with a home run. How about over in Minnesota, Luis Arias? 30%. He's the, he, now that Donaldson is out indefinitely here. Uh, he's he's getting consistent runtime. He was expected to kind of just be maybe like a utility guy. Um, with um, I guess they just had a log jam over there, but he's get a consistent run in the leadoff spot, second, third base outfield eligible in Yahoo. He does have some of that in other formats as well. I don't know what he is in NFBC fan tracks, but he's all over the place. But yeah, I mean he's batting five thirty eight through five games today. Um. Yeah, he looks great so far. Not going to hit for too much pop, but average runs, he should be scoring plenty at the top of that order. Yeah, I like Luis Reyes a lot, actually. He's a guy I picked as a streamer yesterday. He left with a stomach issue, of course. I was like, of course he would. But Hopefully yeah, too. yeah, but he's he's going to hit more than he's not, I promise you. The dude just knows how to hit. He's a professional hitter. I, I've always hated that term. Like, Of course, they're all professional hitters, but he really is like that good. But anyway, all right. Let's move E-Rod. on. Yeah, I don't even want to do this. Like <laughs> Erod, dead arm to be activated off the IL. I don't want anything to do with a guy who's coming back from dead arm. Not to mention coming off of a season where he lost it to COVID. Like I don't know. Are you really interested in like? Would you? Would you actually, do you want? Do you want to start him? Like, are you going to start him with any confidence? His first start out, probably not. Right? Probably not. The only, the only league that I would start him in coming back is just a is a points league home points league that i'm in but i'm not super confident about it uh but i i actually do have a lot of erod shares this year which is uncommon just because um obviously last year um was sitting out in the health issues i'm just not not super confident in what we're gonna see out of him but he did look good in limited action in spring but yeah this dead arm is concerning hopefully he just needed some rest hopefully he'll be fine but yeah something to monitor this start on thursday I doubt he goes super deep into this game. I mean, I, I'm expecting maybe what, like four innings or so out of him. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, but um, he should be a, a fixture in that Red Sox rotation. They need some help over there. But I think I saw before, I mean, all their starters actually look pretty good the first run through the rotation, except for Garrett Richards, who kind of got blown up. So I don't know how you can remove Tanner, Tanner Houck from the rotation. He looks really good. He looks like a, a right-handed version of Chris Sale. Um, he he looks really strong out there. I think it's going to be tough to send him back to the alternate site, even though he technically took Erod's place in the rotation here. But um, Pavetta looked good as well. Um, what are their names? Yeah, Richards. Richards did not look good. That was the bad one. But there's somebody else. Was it Martin Perez? Did Martin Perez really actually pitch good? <laughs> Is that possible? He, I feel like he did last year in weird spots too. Like he was just kind of like a, a guy that existed for whatever reason. And yeah, tonight five innings, what a couple earned runs, nothing like terrible. Like I think three earned runs in five innings, like whatever. <laughs> he really is just a guy. I'm not super ecstatic. But Hauk is probably going to get sent down to be honest, if he hasn't already. He hasn't already, but I, I don't know, man. I mean. Do you do you think they move Garrett Richards to the bullpen or no. kind of like guaranteed a starting spot and they're gonna just ride it out? We'll see. I don't know, but Erod is definitely an intriguing name to watch, especially considering the lack of mileage on his arm from last season with not pitching at all. But uh, there's health issues to obviously be concerned about. So. I mean, dead arm starting starting off the season with a dead arm isn't exactly 
uh, ringing endorsement for Erod. So he's not a guy that I'm actively going out of my way to get, but he'll, he's somebody I have him. I'm waiting to see. I mean, I have one share, so I will see what I have in the, in them before I, if, if he's not good, I just drop him off my IL because that's right now he's in my IL spot. So he's yep. just going to sit there until I see a start or two out of him if I can afford to wait. Prepare to make a um, move Thursday. Matt Olson is day to day with a right knee contusion. MRI was negative, so I would think it's truly day to day. George Springer should be back this week. He made 14 play appearances in a simulated game today, and he's eligible to return Thursday. He had no setbacks, had a few hits, a few walks. Like he actually looks healthy, I guess, from what I'm reading. Uh, you have the Yankees. They went out and traded for Rugnado Door. I don't think there's anything worth mentioning with that. Is do you see any relevance there? Nope. <laughs> I've never been an Odor guy. Um, even though I guess hitting in Yankee Stadium, it's somewhat intriguing. But mm-hmm. where's he, where's he going to play? I mean, are they going to move DJ off a second? Like he's just going to be a fill in the blank guy, days yeah. off type. I'm not expecting any production at all. Um, no, it's just AL only. Maybe like in your deepest of AL only formats, because I think he will find some at bats. Yeah, we'll see. You were mentioning Springer. Um, another name, a guy that's expected to come back this weekend is Trent Grisham. Um, I think the manager, Tingler, said he should be back for the series against the Rangers, whether or not that's Friday or we're looking more over the weekend. But prepare uh, prepare, prepare for some roster moves because it sounds like he's probably going to be activated in the coming days here. Uh, that'll be a nice addition. It's going to... I think obviously with the with the loss of Tatis, adding Grisham back to that lineup is going to be huge for that team. A little spark plug at the top of the order. Uh, I know Grisham was kind of gaining steam in drafts. Ended up with a lot of shares of him. Nice mid round uh, source of steals and kind of five category production. So I'm excited for Grisham's return this weekend as well as Springer. All right. And that's going to do it for the news and notes for the most part. At least for, for this is like one day's worth of news and notes. I'm sure we can do a podcast every day about news and notes. But before we get out of here, just I want to go through the most added list. Talk some waiver wire. I know we talked a bit tonight in terms of replacements, guys to look out for. But Stephen Metz. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd bring, you know, you as a Mets fan, got to bring up Stephen Metz. Pitched 6.1 innings. Got the quality start. A 1.42 ERA. 0.47 whip. 9Ks. One win. Is this something to be excited about or optimistic about, or you're not buying it? He's shown us this, you know, this he's tricked us before. So fool, fool us once, fool us twice, shame on us thing, whatever. It's funny. There's recently, there's been a lot of former Mets that have actually been pitching really well. And Matt's as at the top of that list, Harvey had one good start. I'm not buying that at all. Michael Waka had a really good spring with the Rays. Steven Matz had a great spring with the Jays and he, uh, he pitched really well in that first start. Honestly, like, this is somebody that uh, I had on my watch list. I was kind of keeping it hush-hush, but that's all gone to waste here because of that start yesterday. I really think that he just needed a change of scenery. New York is not for some guys. Uh, I think I think Matt's has a decent chance of succeeding with Toronto. And the weirdest thing yesterday was he actually, he actually smiled on the mound. He was always so angry and just, uh, I don't know. He always had such a sourpuss on his face because everything was just going wrong in his Mets tenure. But he actually looked like he was enjoying himself and having fun. And honestly, that is that is a big part of this game that goes overlooked. But he really seemed to be enjoying himself out of there, out there yesterday, and he pitched well. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this type of Steven Matz. I don't think he's going to have a sub two ERA this season, but mm-hmm. I could see, uh, I could see like a mid three ERA and, and some production over there in Toronto. Um, I'm intrigued by it. A uh, few people beat me to the waiver wire for Steven Matz, which I was pretty bummed about, but yeah, I mean, 24% rostered right now in Yahoo. I mean, that's going to skyrocket, especially with, with his start next week against the angels. I'm intrigued. What are your thoughts on Matt? Is that somebody that you would invest in or are you not buying it? I'm more looking at him like as a streamer. I'll take a shot. Depends on, you know, he'll be a, he'll be a fab pickup this week if yeah. he's not already rostered. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I just, you know, I feel like I've seen the Steven Matt show before and I know those yeah. how it's going to turn out everything, but you mentioned it, man, a player, a new, a change in, a change in scenery, Having fun speaks volumes. Like that changes the way a player can perform. So 
I'm never going to say I'm out on a player. I'm just not. I need to see more. And by the time I see what I want to see, you're right. It's yet. I have realized this. You have to be aggressive on the waiver wire because other people are going to be. And hopefully, like if you're aggressive, you got to be aggressive and willing. But the problem is, you also have to be willing to drop players. So if you're, if you're picking up a Stephen Matt, you got to be willing to drop like a. I don't know Trevor Rogers, like somebody. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. That's my thing. It's like back end of like I'd rather keep Casey Mize, uh, guys that I think have higher ceilings. Those are guys I'd rather keep in this particular situation. But in these shallower formats, that's the name. Those are the names you're considering Stephen Matz over, and I don't want to take Stephen Matz over either of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fair point. But um, another name that's, I mean, he's already almost universally rostered. It seems like, but Yerman Mercedes, sixty eight percent roster, and I say universally because i feel like yahoo has some really shallow leagues and, and active leagues so 70 percent rostered is almost like he's not gonna be available in most leagues or people have already added him. but Yerman mercedes i don't know what to think i like what i'm seeing early on i like that he's a guy that i today i noticed like i put up a tweet he's a guy that on two strikes shortens the swing up takes a lot of like the working parts out of his mechanics and keeps it very simple and that's like Joey Votto feel to him, you know, like not he's not, he's not Joey Votto. Let's make that very clear. But on the off chance that maybe he gets closer eligibility because he has closer experience. I don't know. Maybe I'm blindly optimistic on that one. Regardless, Yerman Mercedes is a guy that I'm vaguely interested in. I don't want to pay the premium, though, that people are paying. Why are we talking about closers with Mercedes? Did I miss something? Yerman Mercedes? He's the DH for the... Yeah, he's not a closer. I said catcher. I said closer. Said closer. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Sleepy K is falling asleep again, guys. <laughs> He's a catcher. Three more pickups I want to talk about before we get out of here, though. Um, are you in or are you out on Evan Longoria? The dude has looked fantastic. Three home runs early on in this season. I feel like we saw a part like this happen last year a little bit for Longoria. We know what he used to be. Are you willing to ride the hot hand here? He's you know third base eligible. Not necessarily a need for a lot of teams, but 19% rostered, readily available. Any interest there? Or are you just going to let somebody else ride it out while you try to find upside somewhere else? Intriguing. Uh, all three of those home runs were were oppo as well, which was pretty cool to see. Um, I would love an Evan Longoria throwback party. That would be fantastic. I've missed that throwback um, elite uh, Evan Longoria, but we're not going to see that. Just ride this hot hand. I'm sure once they... Once they get home, they've been on the road against the Mariners and the Padres. Once they get home, I'm sure this is all just going to die down. <laughs> I love your optimism. Jake Arrieta, <laughs> is there a chance that Jake Arrieta is going to be Jake Arrieta again? Six innings pitch, a win, five Ks, and a quality start, obviously, against the Pirates. It was the Pirates. And he faces the Pirates again this yeah. week. So at the very least, obviously, Arietta is a stream. You go out, you get him, you stream him. But something I noticed of him, because, he again, he was a guy that I was going to talk about tomorrow, and I still might because I want to see George's opinion too. But the spin rate is up on a lot of his pitches, which actually change, a lot of his uh, pitches have more movement now. And he's changed his pitch mix through one game. Is there something or a reason for optimism? Like, do we? is there a chance that he could be a back end of your rotation type for fantasy this year? Jake Arietta on the bounce back, where are you at? Yeah, I could I could see it. I mean, like you said, I mean, he's he's pitching in that week NL Central. I mean, if he could feast upon the Pirates, I'll gladly stream him in all those matchups. Um, a few other good matchups in that division. I mean, the Brewers, he could definitely feast upon the Brewers. I mean, some streaky teams over there uh, between the Cardinals, Reds, Brewers. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued as a streaming option. But, yeah, I mean, this is probably not your top of the rotation arm anymore. You did mention about the pitch mix change. So what what exactly was it? Was he throwing the the sinker a little bit less? Because I know that was a big for him in years past. Um, Um, No, it was. Let me find it real quick. I don't remember. It was. I got it. It was. um, So he still had the sinker. The sinker is still the main pitch. He actually dropped his changeup completely and threw more curveballs, which is weird because the changeup was good. But I'm wondering if the added movement to the sinker and curveball make the changeup less effective because now they all move the same direction type of thing yeah. in a sense. So maybe he's dropping the changeup, throwing more curveballs with a higher spin rate, which is the high, like it's like a 200 RPM difference on that curveball for Arietta. So we're seeing more cur- again, one start. So you can't say, Oh, he has a pitch mix change. But what you can say is Arietta is a guy to watch to see if this continues, because as of right now, it looks like he drops the changeup 
all together and is focusing on a three pitch mix with the, with the curveball being the second most pitch utilized over the slider, which was the second most utilized pitch in 2020. So right now it's just a game of it's just a thing. It's just something to monitor. We can't say that's a for sure change because it could be a game plan thing. You don't know. Pitchers do change their game plans up every game. It's just something that I wanted to bring to people's attention because Arietta could have like I want this to be like the year of the Renaissance, like for all these players. Like I want to see Arietta come back. I want to see Miggy go out strong. I want to see Longoria have a great year. I want to see these guys that were once great, older in their careers, bounce back and do it one more time. Buster Posey. Posey's looking good, yeah. And speaking of catchers, Omar Narvaez was the last guy I wanted to talk about. Another home run tonight. Back-to-back nights with home runs. Good ballpark. Talk about refining his approach a little bit or getting back to what was successful for him. Omar Narvaez is a guy that I found myself <laughs> well, a lot of leagues. Either I was the last person to take a catcher in leagues or I would fall back on him as my you know catcher one in deeper formats or even catcher two sometimes in, the, in two catcher leagues. So Omar Narvaez, Miller Park. Hitting in the heart of the lineup for the most part. Like I think round six, not really the heart of the lineup. But you get my point. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a shot. I'm gonna go ahead and have roster him on just about any team that I don't have an elite catcher on. I'm intrigued. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't realize he was doing this well. I'm about to uh scoop him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one knows. He's eight percent rostered. He should be like it's like him or Sean Murphy. I'd rather have Sean Murphy, but not for long. Sean Murphy's been dealing with Neck injuries, yeah. Really done anything yet? So yeah, Navarro is definitely uh, an upgrade as of right now to Murphy. But yeah, this is interesting, and he's got a great ballpark to hit in as well in Milwaukee. So this is somebody a lot of people were expecting to break out last year, and it never happened. Yeah, remember, twenty twenty was weird for a lot of people. This could be the year, though. But yeah, good call on that. Definitely a name to keep an eye on. Everybody's yeah. always looking for a catcher. All right, that's going to do it, everyone. We appreciate you listening, as always. Don't forget, check us out on Twitter. Zach is at BravZ. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. Please, five-star rating and review on your way out is greatly appreciated. Hit the five stars. Don't think twice. We appreciate you doing so. But as always, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon.